Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, hi, Fred. Well, you've had a busy, busy week. Uh, on top, in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, you've written an editorial Whoa. headlined, Cruise and Waymo have passed the Turing, parentheses, Kornhauser test for proof of technology. Written, you point out, on Bastille Day, and you say, while that marked a turning point in French history, today you are commemorating, for you, the turning point in autonomous taxi history. Wow. Wow. Um, I guess, you know, that's where I stand, I guess, at this particular point. <clears throat> um, uh, I went out to the um, TRB annual summer automated road transportation symposium 2023 and held in San Francisco. I guess it started Sunday and ran through maybe this morning. Um, I had the privilege of being there um, Monday afternoon through um, Wednesday afternoon. And um, um, I was impressed. Uh, I went there sort of, um, um, you know, um, um, not necessarily upbeat simply because um, of the, the, the news reports and um, out of out of San Francisco and basically all the the complaints, let's call them, about um, the um, the driverless mobility um, uh, demonstrations uh, that are being put on uh, by um, by um, Cruz, GM Cruz, and Waymo. And um, I came home and basically. Um, you know, I'm at this editorial here. This is a turning point. I was just, I, I've been super impressed with um, with uh, the the seriousness uh, of the efforts by both GM Cruz and, and Waymo with respect to making sure that this technology uh, of um, of providing mobility with a uh, without a human driver or human attendant in the vehicle uh, and doing it safely. As, as we've said many times, and as I've written in my hmms, uh, which maybe could be editorials, but this is a real editorial. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, safety is a necessary condition, at least that's from my point of view. You aren't safe. I say, don't even show up, okay? Because, because if you're not safe, then it's going to be, you know, one of these Elaine Herzberg Uber things, which are, are just devastating. And and I, I have to put kudos out there to both GM Cruise and <clears throat> Waymo for being very careful, very deliberate, and very, I guess, creative and and so on to have gone out and not only put vehicles driven by humans or being attended by humans out there on the roads, which testing 
testing the technology should not be done without humans. Without humans, why take the risk? I mean, if the system works without human intervention, that's what you're trying to prove. And and it's okay to have a human in there in case all of a sudden, whoo. We, we didn't know that. We didn't see that one. We didn't see that one coming. And of course, the toughest piece about all of this is you don't know what you don't know. If you did, then it'd be trivial. But you're out there learning. And in the process of learning, there should be some tight oversight. And they've done that. And in Chandler and Phoenix, Waymo, and in San Francisco and both Waymo and Cruise out there providing mobility without a driver to people. They're giving people rides, which, as we, you all know, is, is the objective, I think, of this technology. I mean, some people say it's to make the system safer. <laughs> if we were really interested in safety, then we know how to do safety. Don't allow people to misbehave using the vehicles. Then I think it's easy for us to make a safe driving car that if you start going off the rails and using it, it doesn't let you do it. Why do you have to speed? You can put, I mean, putting a governor on the vehicle to keep it from speeding is, you know, trivial is the most trivial thing in the world. You know, some trucking companies do. Even some operators of fleets of vehicles do. So it's easy to do. It's just, you know, the marketplace doesn't have a will to do it. You know, my, my car knows what the speed limit is everywhere. Why does it have to, you know, show speedometer that says 220 miles an hour unless I'm in the Autobahn and I'm not going to put my vehicle on a plane or something and fly it over. To, get out of here. It's in Jersey. Sometimes in Pennsylvania or Delaware. New York. Come on, that's easy. If we don't want people intoxicated driving vehicles, we've had that technology forever. There's no will to do it. Intelligent cruise control now can keep you from tailgating. And now finally, if Federal Motor Vehicles uh, commission, uh, uh, committee and, and NHTSA are going to now finally say, hey, we're going to have an automated emergency braking that works. You know, it wasn't so long ago we're watching the videos out of IIHS and of course the industry had come together and they were going to voluntarily put automated emergency braking and you'd see, you know, how does it work, um, you know, when, when, when there's a, where there's an ob obstruction and you're going six miles an hour, I mean, or 12 miles an hour, ba -ba boom, it like goes through it. Come on. 
I mean, if you're going only six, 12, or even 25 miles an hour, you should never hit anything. Because you have enough time, even if a meteorite comes down, if it doesn't hit your hood, I mean, yes, there probably, you know, probability that is 10 to the minus 22. So maybe we're finally going to do that. So to make the vehicle safe, it's safe against what? As we've said so many times in here, safe against our misbehavior. You know, if I don't tailgate and I don't speed and I don't drink and I get plenty of sleep and I don't, you know, days out to check this out or check that out and I don't use, where's my phone? I certainly don't use this. We're essentially at zero. So we know how to make the vehicle safe. And automation shouldn't be, automation should be the, you know, make the vehicles, first of all, behave as, as well as we do when we're alert and all that stuff. And it's only the meteorite coming in there. And it's only the who knows where in the heck that came from. And all the other stuff taken care of. And in fact, we can put in that vehicle this safe driving technology that, of course, it's not going to drink. It's not going to tailgate. It's not going to speed. It's not going to just willy-nilly cross a double line in a, in, a, in a road and when there's some something coming. Beautiful. And to get to the point of the editorial, you know, we have this Turing test, and, you know, Alan Turing happened to have gotten a master's degree from Princeton, you know, of the whatever number of brightest people in the 20th century, you know, he's in the top, certainly top 100, not 50, if not top 10. And if you haven't seen the, uh, the movie, The Imitation Game, you should. But Alan Turing, among all the other great things that he did, he proposed that, you know, this is, this is how you finally decide you have artificial intelligence. When you have a conversation with an entity and you can't tell whether it's an artificial entity or a human entity. In the simplest of terms, details and so on and so forth, it's not quite that simple, but basically that simple. So I guess I've just, on Bastille Day here, I just thought I'd kind of put out a promulgation that there's a Alan Turing, Alain Kornhauser in parentheses, uh, test for proof of technology of driverless mobility. And that proof of technology of driverless mobility is that you can be in a vehicle getting a ride because that's really what the, the system is supposed to do. Give people rides. Not have them drive themselves to get a ride, but give them a ride. And in that process of giving the person a ride, they can't tell whether or not there's a human driver 
or the Waymo driver or the cruise driver in these situations. And from what I heard at the conference and believe with respect to safety and experience in the riding of these things. You actually took a ride. Yeah, I took rides. Well, a lot of people took rides. A lot of people have been taking rides. My goodness, they proved it to, to me, they proved that the technology works. You know, I, I, my simple thing is it was better than Uber Lyft driver. So not only is equivalent to, couldn't tell the difference if, some sense is even better. Some other sense the Lyft and Uber driver do things that the computer can't like. Oh, Professor Kornheiser, may I take your bag and put it into the trunk? Please, you know, Waymo and Cruz, please don't extend your driver to do that. The people that want rides from you, I think most of them are quite capable of doing that. That is not a service that I think you should aspire to. But in terms of giving people a ride within an operational design domain that's been de designed in, in San Francisco, which is a non-trivial operational design domain, which is, I think, the reason they went there, because it was you know, non-trivial, Chandler, Phoenix, I think some of us suggest might be a little bit more trivial. But as far as I can see, that technology works. Now, of course, that's the good news. And I applaud them for it. And, you know, my goodness, um, at least for me, for whatever that means, means a lot to me. I might not mean a lot to you, Fred, but it means a lot to me. Boy, that works. But there's not just a proof of technology. We need a proof of market. You know, the technology working is one thing. Being and being offered and, and, and performing such that people who need rides, want rides, get rides from this. That's the proof of market. I think because it, it isn't safety. Okay. It's, it's giving people rides. That's the market. We, people haven't bought cars with breathalyzers, with speed limiters, with, with uh, turn off the intelligent cruise control and run up behind me. Speak on their phones. Get distracted when driving. Doesn't seem like, you know, That's what the marketplace wants, because if it wanted it, OEMs would have given it to them a long time ago. But now, you know, for this, for people who want rides, they need to be someplace. And unfortunately, it's, it's hard to believe the reaction of the, pub, of the press, whatever that is. You know, I went through the, I went trying to find articles, you know, that appeared in print this week that said anything about the conference. 
in which a lot of excellent discussions and deliberations were, were made about this technology, the good points, the bad points, the things that need to be improved and so on and so forth, the, the policy, energy, environment, uh, equity, all those things. You know, I found one reporting of, the, of anything that happened at that conference. And that was Brad Templeton and, and Forbes. Everybody else is talking about who knows what about, about you know the the harassment that's going on with people putting cones in front of cars to stop them so that they can't give people rides. And now, how is San Francisco putting up with those people? I guess they don't need rides in San Francisco. Everybody has a Lambo or something or a Mercedes or a Bentley to, and everybody drives themselves, I guess, in San Francisco. Or Bart and Mooney is so great and operate 24-7 and can take them all home and do everything already. Or they walk up and down those hills. I guess. Or I don't know. I don't know why the mobility aspects, the giving of the rides aspect of Waymo and, and, and GM Cruise hasn't been applauded by everyone. Okay, they ran over a fire hose. But what appears in the Chronicle? Oh, man, it's getting worse. Really? Who's feeding you this stuff? Really? All the mobility that, that, that San Francisco needs is, can be provided by people with their own cars, Mooney, BART, Uber, Lyft, and taxis. Otherwise, they're going to use scooters, bikes, and walk, and everybody's happy. Okay, great, San Francisco. You're not the, there's no market there for, for these things. So Cruz and Waymo, I guess, have failed. The touring Kornhauser proof of market test. I mean, for this to prove proof of market, you have to, of course, before you even play, you have to be safe. Technology has to work. But you also have to provide rides to people who want the rides. And the rides that you offer are the rides that they want, not the rides that you want to give. And that your system is flexible enough, whatever, so that it can give the rides that people want. And of course, be able to do it People want rides. Usually, a lot of people, most of many of the people need rides. People that can't afford a lot. Otherwise, hey, maybe, I guess everybody's rich in San Francisco. They all can easily afford Uber, Lyft, taxi. Well, we know that that's not true. There is, there is a need, but if you're, if you're for many people, a 
I, I think. I don't know. I guess not. Right. I guess the San Francisco Chronicle and all the other reporters and whatever and so on and so forth, I guess, don't see it. Those folks aren't showing up, I guess. Nobody's writing about the, the influencers. The, well, the, internet, sy the, the system as it is may not be designed the, to provide the mobility to those people the way you've looked at providing in, say, well, in, I, in uh, Trenton. I, uh, I need an it. app, you need a smartphone to be able to get a ride. And yeah. our and the other issue that you were talking about, and, and we should address this too, when we had Russ Mitchell on from the LA Times, he seemed to think that many of the complaints about public safety seemed to be legitimate. Um, and he had he certainly had seemed to have questions about yeah, expanding maybe, the service. Maybe they are and maybe they aren't. You know, the question is, is how many of these things are there and are they really increasing? And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, they, okay, they are. Okay, sorry, San Francisco. Um, maybe uh, Waymo and crew should say, sorry, San Francisco, we're not good enough for you yet. And of course, what I want to suggest is, seems to me after sitting in and however many sessions, listening and talking with however many people, riding and, and observing. My goodness, if you, if you would agree to come to Jersey and talk with us, not about the mobility you want to provide, talk about the mobility that we, whoever the we is, whatever the market is, wants. And can you not take your technology and make it flexible enough? But the whole object of taking a driver out of there is to make it flexible, spatially and temporally. So you should be able to do that. And then listen to who the people are that need rides in New Jersey. And I think that just by listening to them, you're going to say, oh, my goodness, this is trivial for us. And here it is. I suspect and that's I, exactly what was going through your mind when you were taking rides in these vehicles in San Francisco was look at what it can do. And it, let's... Can, it can do what they're doing in San Francisco, where it seems as if people don't appreciate what they're doing and they're doing it in a way that. I think might be better. And I think if you come to Jersey and don't not don't listen to me, listen to the people who need, who need rides. People that don't have driver's licenses. Oh, there's some young people, there's some old people. Hmm. Who else needs rides? People that, you know, can't afford a car for themselves. And as he put the plug in there, I guess, you know, you know, this is a, a placement in the <laughs> in the podcast, you know. When Michael Senna's and, and my book come out, we're going to describe these folks, at least 50 percent of the people right now, this instant who need to go from A to B here. What is it? 628 p.m. Half of them. Can't do it for themselves. 
They don't have access to their own car to do a Home Depot type of thing. Do it for myself. They need a ride. These things could provide a ride to them, I think, trivially. And the way you've designed it, with or without the use of a smartphone app, because you well, you you were trying to incorporate kiosks into the picture, what, which could provide mobility. Why do you need a smartphone? It turns out, in fact, that that these vehicles just really actually only go to certain places, and they ask you to like sort of go to a place that might be called a kiosk. I think part of the challenge in San Francisco, they haven't really work with the community and the community said, hey, of the people that want rides to and from here, here's a good place to do it. Here's the ambiance, here's the kind of services, here's whatever we'd like to have there. And how do you do that? You, do, you only do that by working with the people who, want, who might want the ride. So you have to do that first. And guess what? If your customers, instead of what I like to call some of the customers that I suspect they have in San Francisco or whatever that, you know, want to ride to the airport, I guess they don't go to the airport in San Francisco. Waymo in Phoenix goes to the airport. I call them one and dones. Because when you take a trip, you have all sorts of ways to go. Your brain rank orders each one. And you pick from the top. And so somebody who has a Lamborghini or a Mercedes or even a, a Honda or a Yugo. A Yugo? <laughs> a Yugo. <laughs> I had to bring that one out. You know, it's going to go that way. Maybe. It's tough to be able to compete with them. Okay. However, you certainly could compete with them for one trip so that, you know, while they're taking that trip, they can take the selfie and send it to all their friends. Look, I rode in a driverless car. The next time, yeah, selfie's not worth all that much. So the value proposition of that ride doesn't bump up to the top. As a for instance, if you were to return to San Francisco next week, you might not be motivated to, to take another ride unless you had a purpose to. Well, in, I would in, only take rides if I had purpose. I mean, I only go places if I have a purpose to go. I went to San Francisco. Why? To improve my quality of life. I wanted to be there. I wanted to learn at the conference. I but you certainly, my point is, you certainly had a choice of whether or not you wanted to use a a driver service, a service yeah. that had a driver or, 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 or walk not. or walk or take a taxi or take BART or take Mooney or take the cable car. And in this instance, you opted to take the, the driverless vehicle because this is new. Because I one, I wanted to experience it too. Right. I had Jerry Ho with me and he was taking a million selfies. So I didn't and need when, to do that. We should, the videos that people have been seeing uh, interspersed here have been taken yeah. by Jerry, by the way. Yeah, we're taken by Jerry, and sure, okay. And I again, I th I thought the service was really pretty good for where I wanted to go as a visitor to to San Francisco. I I I I'd never run a car. 
I mean, what would I use a car? I mean, use but getting, a car. getting to the point that you were making, if you were to be back there for whatever reason in a week, you would not have the same incentive to say, oh, I have to ride in a, in a, in a driverless The kicker on top might not be sufficient to put it over top of a, whatever, just using an Uber or Lyft. Because you've, as you were saying, you've been there, done that, and you don't need it to get to where you're going to go. Right. As Uber, there, there's would. competition. Right. They have competition, right. Uber and Lyft and taxis and walking. And so the, depending where I'm going, the cable car. So the so proof they of market that you're talking about is to use this kind of mobility in a place where it really would provide op, an option to people who don't have other options. Right. Now, if, if I'm going there and I'm not on the university's expense account, Thank goodness, Princeton is so rich that it allows me, and and I have I have monies that I can use to travel. Geez, they can't even compete on price with with Uber and Lyft, right? Because I'm not paying for it. Now, if I was paying for it, and being the cheap guy that I am, and they're able to do this. And they're not paying for a driver. They don't have to provide a living wage for somebody to wait around for me to want to travel or to take me there. Guess what? They can compete on price. And not just a few pennies, something substantial. Maybe, you know, divided by four, divided by five. Wow. Now, all of a sudden, all the folks who need a ride and are paying for it themselves and don't necessarily have as much as some of us have, all of a sudden, this thing stays on top over Uber Lyft and maybe even Mooney. And certain in places where Mooney Cable car doesn't go. Because then you only have to be better than walking. And that is the, is the next step, Alan. Since you have proclaimed that they have met the touring Kornhauser group of technology. It, they're doing it. It's safe. The technology I, is there. Now it's time to prove do what a, they can do in the market. Do a proof of market, find an operational design domain in which the demand for rides is such that you have a chance of becoming number one in the choice options that those people that need rides have. Because only the top, only the number one gets picked. Number two, you know, it goes by the wayside. Only the number one gets picked, okay? And gets picked for reasons other than taking a selfie. Because if, if the reason that that thing popped at the top is a selfie, then when you lose a selfie, it doesn't become, it doesn't go to the top anymore. So you're one and done. You've made the effort to get this customer for one trip. 
Do you know what you have to charge that person to recover the investment that you made in the system if you're there one and dones? And the money that you've had to spend to acquire that customer? I mean, even a even a lemonade stand run by a, a, a run by a, a, a 10 year old knows how tough it is to, to get a customer. Even a kid who's shoveling snow. The only customers you have to shovel snow, you gotta go every time it snows, you gotta get a new customer. No. You want a customer who's gonna pay you to shovel the shovel the snow, not only this time, but the next time it snows too. I mean, this is an advanced, you know, Ivy League economics. Cut, cut it out. What you want is a customer who's going to use you 300 times a year, 500 times a year, 1,000 times a year. A customer that when, they, when that customer looks at his or her options of getting from A to B at time T, boom. You're my guy. Boom. Of course, you're number one. That's what the elevator is in the hotel. I don't know. What is it? The hotel, the you know, great place to see a view and get a drink is on the 46th floor. I bet no one climbed 46 flights of steps to get up there. Everyone took the elevator. And in fact, when we came back from our banquet and whatever, and we're going to go up there to the ground floor and we're eight of us. And I, I said, hey, I'm taking this alone. You got you, you all wait until the next one. Take it alone. Take it alone. They about killed me. Get out of here. We're all getting in together. Don't tell me people don't want to share rides. Of course, they're willing to share rides. Certainly when the price is right. And when the service is okay. And the interesting thing about sharing around, oh, I'm not getting in with those kinds of folks. Because you're traveling from A to B at time T. And somebody else is traveling from A to B at that same time T. Guess what? You have a lot in common with that other person. Probably. All eight of us got in that elevator. We had a heck of a lot in common. And even if we didn't, really, I thought, you know, everybody was you know, wanted diversity these days. Didn't mind somebody different. Embraced differences. Didn't want to be a cookie cutter. Cut it out. Don't tell me people don't want to change your eyes. Make it so. It's no problem. Focus on doing that. That will help you with the proof of market. Not the proof of technology. Proof of technology is done. It works. Not take what works and shape it in an operational design domain to get customers who want to use you 300, 500, 1,000 times a year. Or maybe only 50 or 20. And sure, take the one and done. But when you look at your balance sheet at the end of the year and you look at the number of rides served and the customers served and so on, it's Starbucks. It's the way Starbucks, I think, does business. 
That's the way Gillette sells blades. It's the way Amazon convinces you to come back. <laughs> they make it everything. So, you know, free shipping. So you do come back. What to get the repeat customer. It's not, it's not a hard business concept. I don't believe, and maybe I'm wrong, that Waymo and Cruz have focused on getting repeat customers in San Francisco. I would like them to come to Jersey and focus on getting repeat customers. And I think they'll do a proof of market that is successful. They'll be able to give rides that are appreciated that the people, if there's any clamoring about, hey, what are you guys doing? Will then show up at the according public utilities commissions and say, this changed my life. This gave me rides. Not one ride. 300 last year, 500 last year. It got me to work on time. It made it easy for me to get to work on time. It brought me home. It took me to school. It allowed me to go to cello lessons after school so that I became such a good cellist that I got into Princeton. That's the kind of customers you want. And those people need rides. Think about a 15-year-old after school activity that is enriching. How do they do that? if they don't have somebody giving them a ride. Well, why can't that someone be Waymo and Cruz? We could set it up so that that is, if in fact that's what it wants in New Jersey, and I think so. Meanwhile, Alan, <laughs> they are embroiled in this continuing battle in San Francisco where they want to expand service. The California Public Utilities Commission has put off its vote. It's on, on this issue of allowing them to expand the service until I think next month now. Um, you mentioned this public opposition, this group Safe Street Rebels that was putting cones on vehicles to try to put a stop to this. So th there is this battle and this week, both spoke out publicly. Um, there was a full page ad in the New York Times from Cruz and, and Waymo had a blog post essentially saying that Humans are not good drivers. So they're going after the safety aspect and trying to sell this. Not so much what you're talking about, which is maybe where they should be focused on, hey, we're doing something. We can provide mobility to people who need it. The safety well, thing, the safety thing, as you've said, is a given. They shouldn't be out there at all if it, if it, if it wasn't safe. Well, I think they've proved safety. And I think if they want to take on that in the New York Times, a full page one and say, hey, yeah, we proved it. I can say from what I've looked at, what I've experienced, I agree. That's done. What they have to do is give rides to people who use them 300, 500,000 times a year. Then in fact, they're doing something for people because the only reason anybody would use them that much is because they've ended up being number one in their minds as the best way to go 300, 500, a thousand times. Just the way everybody has ever gone up to the 46th floor of the Hilton Hotel to get a view. 
they've used the elevator. The elevator was the mode of choice. Boom. They want to be able to provide a service, a give a ride, because they're in the business of giving rides. That is, I don't know if you really can make it as compelling from being number one to number two as, you know, the choice of riding an elevator with seven other people versus walk 46 flights of steps. But, you know, granted, that's obvious. But there, I suspect a lot of obvious trips in San Francisco for which the cable car doesn't go there. Mooney doesn't go there. It doesn't operate at the time they need to go. And that one person needs to do it every day or a lot. Now, is that just one person? Or is that sufficient number of people such that it makes a business out of it? In our looking of operational designs, such as Trenton, in, a, in, a, in what we believe is a is a is a correct representation of the rides that people need basically we look at a trenton odd of 50 kiosks serving 135,000 person trips a day 135,000 person trips a day of people that could take trips that would be that that a systems such as kiosk oriented Waymo cruise type system could deliver in Trenton. My goodness. Assume you have a hundred vehicles. Assume you want them to have a productivity. If you get a productivity of a hundred person trips per vehicle, my goodness, you don't have to charge much to make money because the cost of the vehicle essentially goes to zero. 100 person trips per day times 300, it's giving 30,000 person trips a year. Charge people a buck, buck and a half, two bucks for use of that vehicle. That puts 30, 45 or $60,000 in your pocket to pay for the vehicle each year. You decide on the depreciation. You decide on, on what the Fed's gonna do with interest rates. You know, at max, a couple bucks for each ride pays for the vehicle. Throw in another 25 cents for operating costs, another 25 cents for because of the volume you're going to have for some sort of overhead centralized and charge four bucks. You make a buck and a half on the ride. And, uh, you know, how many would 100 vehicles serve out of that 135,000? It's only 10,000. You're not even at a 10% market share of the people that you can easily serve technologically. You think you put a rides out there in Trenton, whatever, at you know four or five bucks a ride, you'll get more than 10,000 people a day showing up. I think for those people showing up throughout the day and so on with ride sharing and properly coordinated and optimized or the way they, you know, I do it. 
you do it. We did an operational design domain in 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 um, San Francisco. If you did that, you know, two hundred thousand, about the same size as Trenton. So these things, these exist out there, but I think, but what you have to do is you have to do the community relations first. You have to understand where the community that you're going to provide service from, and then of course to where that wants to go. And then you have to make sure you serve at least some of those places. And I mean, out of you, that, you, you get your market. Welcoming environment. You need to create a welcoming and then you need to have them, you know, and we've done that in Trenton, or at least we've done the beginning of it. And where are these people? Yeah, a lot of them happen to be in public housing, in lower income areas, in areas that don't have access. Maybe the family has access to one car. That's good for the person who has a car. The other people in the household need rides. So the person with the car now has to give them rides. Or they have to, you know, get a ride another way. So, I mean, to me, that's where the, the big market is. You serve that. Then you have all these people that you make a difference. You allow them to get to the Amazon facility, to have a job, to punch in on time and not get fired for not punching in on time and earn a wage and feed their family. I think they'll appreciate you. And as giving you a before, ride to they... me, giving a ride to me that I don't pay for, that I slough off on Princeton University great you know as you've said before it's providing societal value and at the same time you've you've said that the, you believe it can still be profitable there is another story from the trb sure. thing that uh, that i'm um, seeing it from u.s news that uh i guess uh, the headline is maybe a little bit misleading nitsa announces new autonomous driving regulations the subheadline says a new pathway to the deployment of autonomous vehicles is expected to be unveiled this autumn, which may result in more self-driving vehicles hitting the road. And this this came from the TRB symposium. Yeah, that was a very, very positive announcement, again, that buoyed everyone. Why? Because, you know, here's poor GM Cruise. They design a vehicle that is appropriate for a Trenton style or whatever pro provider of mobility is designed for ride sharing so that you get the environmental and, and, and congestion benefits and so on. And of course, the opportunity to really re reduce the amount, share the cost of the vehicle cost of providing a ride now for instead of one person, now to two people. That chops in half. They've designed the vehicle. They want to build it. I mean, NHTSA is saying there, oh, is the, yeah, the, you can build 5,000 of them. 2,500 the vehicle, right? Huh? The, the cruise That's origin vehicle? The origin vehicle or whichever one. I mean, Zooks is out there building one. I don't know what Waymo is doing or whether they want to build one and have somebody. But how can you set up an assembly line to build a vehicle if, if, if the whole thing is $2,500? 
the beauty of that announcement is it implied that existing laws allow, again, interpreting what I thought I heard was said, would allow one to do a proof of market test. And if that, and involving larger number of vehicles, because a proof of market, you can't do proof of market with one, two, 2,500 vehicles. You need to see what this thing can do at scale. One isn't interested in this to be able to provide even just 10,000 rides. The purpose of Trenton Moves is, and the initial design of Trenton Moves, is to get started and then expand it to Mercer County and then replicate it in Patterson and expand it through Pasadena and then re replicate it in Perth Amboy and expand it uh, to Middlesex and replicate it in Newark and expand it through Essex. New Jersey, 9 million people, almost 10. Each day, about 30 million person trips a day. It's what people take, just a normal quality of life. Going to school, going to the store, going shopping, blah, 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 going across town, shoot hoops, you name it. That's what it is. That's what all the cars are doing, running around. New Jersey, essentially all those, I don't know, 90 some percent of them are done by the automobile. Half of those are being done by people driving themselves for the things that they want to go to and do. The other half are being given a ride by somebody who's driving them to go do what they want to do. Now, maybe you can get some people of the one half of the 15 million who drive themselves to leave their car home and take your system. That's not going to happen overnight. However, there's this 15 million out there who need a ride and they need somebody to give them a ride. Who, who's been giving them a ride now? It's a wife giving a husband a ride. It's a husband giving a wife a ride. It's a father giving a kid a ride. It's a mother giving a kid a ride. It's an older brother giving a kid a ride. It's an older brother giving a giving a older sister a ride. It's people. It's that's what's going on. Like, sure, everybody loves giving people a ride. Talk about inefficiency of the transportation system. You give a ride a, a ride to a kid to school. That's one person trip and you come back home. So the average vehicle occupancy of that process is 0.5. Oh yes, there are two people in it and then one person in it. Are you sure Professor Kornhauser it's not 1.5? No, it's 0.5. Because the person doing the drive and giving the ride is, that's a Waymo driver, it's a cruise driver. You can do that by computer. They've proven that, that they can do that. Now, if you can get others to join in because of the way you operate and you make it attractive and so on and so forth and you're pricing, do, 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 whoo. Now the whole system becomes efficient. One of the complaints in San Francisco is they see all these cars running around empty. Oh, my goodness, the environment. 
cars are running around empty. Guess what happens in Princeton every, every school morning? About half the cars on Princeton's roads are driving around empty. Why? Because it's a parent taking a kid to school and then coming home. The coming home is empty just because there happens to be a mannequin or something in there or whatever it is, a humanoid. Geez, if we provided, you know, mannequins, maybe maybe that's what Cruz and I just thought of them. <laughs> Cruz and Waymo should just put a mannequin behind the drivers, be behind the steering wheel, and then people wouldn't say, oh. You know, California has high occupancy lanes. So does New Jersey. Okay? So that in New Jersey Turnpike, you require three. In California, I think you require two. But if you're giving your kid a ride to school in one of those lanes, you get to use it as if, as if you're taking a car off the freeway. No, you didn't. The kid wasn't going to take a, a car to school and you take a car to the school. No. So there's no congestion relief associated with that. And then, of course, they let Uber Lyft out there because there are two people in the car. No, Uber Lyft drivers could just as easily be a computer. And if it was, guess what? It wouldn't have to come back home. They could, might just go over here and pick up somebody, take them there, and then go over here and put some, And somebody might be waiting here to go there and so on. And that's without ride sharing. And you put in the ride sharing capabilities. I said, you know, two people just happen to show up at about the same time or going about the same place. They, just like when we were going up to the 46th floor in a hotel. That's the opportunity. That's the proof of market opportunity that unfortunately, I, I haven't, maybe I'm, I'm being harsh and I, I wasn't paying attention. I haven't seen that the, that Cruz and Waymo focus on. Because if you do that, and you, as I wanted to say, if you're serving somebody 300, 500 person trips, you're getting them to work, you're getting them home, you're allowing them to feed, not spend an infinite amount to, to, to get to and from work and, and leaving them something to feed their family. Guess what? You can go up and have them write the op-ed to the paper, say, look, this darn thing is valuable. It's improved my quality of life. And since equity is supposedly big piece of this, this isn't just somebody with a Lamborghini in the garage. This is somebody that unfortunately, the current public transportation system can't afford to serve them. Because if it could, it would have. The people that try put out the public transportation service are absolutely doing the best job they have with the constraints of having to give a living wage to somebody who has to be doing the driving. Those people deserve a living wage. Uber and Lyft should be giving drivers a living wage. They should be collecting enough money from the ride to pay them a living wage. There, there's no argument against that. But once you do that, oh my goodness, 
we can't make it affordable. Except to people who, you know, have a lot of money or can pass it off to somebody else. So that's the proof of market. And, and we here in New Jersey, not to speak up for New Jersey, me here in New Jersey would welcome their interests. And I know the reason why you haven't wanted to come here is you were afraid of the snow. Look, last year it didn't snow in Princeton. I never used my snow shovel. Never snowed in Trenton. Didn't use snow shovel. And even, even if we did, my goodness, if you provided mobility, which you've proven in San Francisco that you can do without a driver, again, the touring Kornhauser proof of technology, and you come to Trenton and you do that 350 days a year, 24 seven. I can't see how communities would be embracing you, kissing your feet, lauding you. If somebody, if somebody's gonna put a cone on one of these things, they're gonna, I don't know, grab the person by the back of the <laughs> neck and say, behave. Another we're possible... not going to permit. We're not going to permit. It's so easy to to to, to have some people miss. It's, it's time now for that proof of market, as you've said. Another vehicle, perhaps that could be used in in this ride sharing. Uh, Volkswagen has begun the autonomous ID Buzz rides in Munich, uh, and uh, this is from Electric just reporting this, and they're saying that Volkswagen is saying that they're looking to eventually bring this to the U.S. market using some mobility partners as well. So I guess uh, we shall look, see. Look, I haven't seen the vehicle. I think the vehicle is, is I can't see how it couldn't be made to be perfect. Okay. You know, maybe something has to be done with the doors. Maybe something has to be done with the floor height. Maybe somebody has to design a kiosk such that such that when the vehicle is sitting there, that you know there's a flat floor, you know, extending ramps so that you could stop in the middle of the road and and let somebody off. No, no, make access from the kiosk to everybody who who's who who needs a wheelchair to get their house. Improve the sidewalks. And the place to get on and off. But I, I applaud them. Um, when I read that, I don't think they're doing it driverlessly. It to me, it has the safety. Driver. They're still doing proof of proof of technology. Okay, as soon as they've done proof of technology and they've done the the Kornhauser whatever proof of technology touring proof of technology test and please come you know i i it's, there are buy american clauses everywhere and so on and so forth but but volkswagen i think has proven to be a friend of the us and we could find ways that maybe they can manufacture these things you know help it whatever probably going to want to sell some of them here too they certainly are hoping to Alan, I think that's going to wrap up this edition, our first edition with uh, an official editorial. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in case people, you know, had any doubt, but but again, 
kudos to um, uh, a couple of people that have been influential in, in making uh, um, the um, TRB Summer AV Conference successful now over, I guess, the past 12 years or so. There's a COVID year in there someplace where things were a little goofy. But, you know, Jane Lappin, who, who's been the um, person to continue to make this this is success. Uh, kudos to you, Jane, and and people like Steve Schladover who have been in it since the beginning. Um, uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Um, uh, thanks to um, to uh, Cruz and Waymo who were very active in the participation and uh, and uh, and basically um, um, making people and 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 information available. Um, uh, thank you to them and and. And, you know, thanks for San Francisco for allowing us to be there. But my goodness, um, um, it's a shame you're not appreciating an enormous mobility asset that you've had the good fortune to have these this amount of, of outside investment come in to try to improve your city. I guess you, I guess, I guess, you know, hasn't quite worked out. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we love to talk to everybody and a lot of people here in Jersey would love to have you come to Jersey. Stay tuned, as we like to say. <laughs> Stay tuned, whatever. Um, but come here, come here to build a business. You know, you know, some blue states, New Jersey, are also business friendly. Okay. Uh, but if if you want if you're not looking for the state government to pay for this we can, we can't possibly reimburse you for your investment we want you to come here and provide provide mobility that customers feel is of value to them and are willing to pay you for that and we're more than happy that for those folks that find you the best way to get around, charge don't don't gouge them, but charge them not only what it's gonna what it's costing you, but also make a profit so that you can go to your investors, so you can go, you can do your fiduciary responsibility as 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 an entity and provide provide this phenomenal opportunity for mobility that otherwise we can't afford to do. Because if we could have afforded to do it, we would have done it. We would have done it 50 years ago, 30 years ago. The railroads wouldn't have gone bankrupt. We wouldn't have had, oh my goodness. We've needed every penny we can muster to be able to just save save a railroad to go to New York to do the long haul. It does a fantastic job. Unfortunately, that's expensive. Anyway, stay tuned. <laughs> you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. 
I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for spending time with us. Please have a safe weekend. Yes, and happy Bastille Day, huh?